the Dragonlance Nexus is proud to present the Dragonlance Canticle. Greetings, friends and fellow companions, and welcome to another exciting, rip-roaring episode of the Dragonlance Canticle. Now, with my handy new Spider-Man shirt, I am Trampus Whiteman. Hi, Trampus. I'm Tim, and I'm here with my uh, Captain Hammer shirt, as a matter of fact, <laughs> from Dr. Horrible. <laughs> love it. I love Dr. Horrible. And folks, that's it. This is our cast of characters. If your name does not start with T, you are not on the show. Sorry, You're Tristan. Out. Didn't get you the invite. Uh, <laughs> now, as it turns out, we all have busy lives, and um, we're like adults or something. And um, scheduling has become kind of difficult. So uh, we're we're working through it, trying to see what works for us and um, trying to find a better night. So it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Tim, what are we it talking about? Oh, sorry. Well, no, it's okay. Um, I, well, I, are we ready to dive right into the topic or you want to tell folks, you know, what you've been up to lately? Uh, what have I been up to lately? Well, like many of you, I have been gaming from home. Uh, so I've had two main things. A lot things. of social business. Yep. I've had two main things going on, uh, both of which have been a lot of fun. Um, one is I've been playing in the new Dragons on the River of Time game. Um, With me? Yes. <laughs> And this is great because this is some of the um, great people of the Whitestone Council, you know, from the community who've been around for a while. And um, we are doing a Twitch show. And this has been very challenging and new and different. So it's, you know, got a couple of bumps still. But um, it was a lot of fun. I got to play a Tinker Gnome Artificer. Uh, or however you say that. Um, Tim, where are you playing? Name. What's his name? Oh, I was I was playing a Minotaur. Oh, that's right. Just a, a Minotaur fighter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, yeah, it's very Minotaurs. rare that I actually get to play in a Dragonlance campaign. And so this is, the, I mean, it's just been a great treat for me. Usually I'm the one behind the DM screen, forcing other people to play Dragonlance. And so I'm just, I'm just tickled pink to, to be a part of it. So. Yeah. The, the other, um, the other thing that I've been doing is, um, you know, I've mentioned the role player skilled of Kansas city, um, mm -hmm. a few times. So we've been doing some online games instead of our usual monthly games. Um, and so I've been playing a turtle sorcerer who is a psionic soul okay nice <laughs> i i know right fun. Yeah. so the basic story is at some point my character had become a hermit he's just kind of living off on his own and um he gets attacked by an owlbear he's left for dead his shell's damaged it's not looking good um, now a Sapphire Dragon, uh, which Watsi's put out stats for, uh, and they are known to be psionic. Sapphire Dragon finds him and says, Hey, I'm going to patch him up. Um, and so she patches him up and she puts a, one of her loose dragon scales, uh, in place of his, um, old, piece of shell that had been damaged and suddenly after that happens he gains sonic powers and little crystals start start growing out of his shell oh, uh, and so she basically says yeah i brought you back to life here's the deal though and he, i'm going to ask nothing in return except for one thing um if you run across the cult of the dragon forgotten realms of course do everything you can to stop them. Otherwise, what you do is your own business. And so he's kind of became an agent of hers. Um, 
And, you know, I talk like Eeyore to give that turtle feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to with turtles. That's fine. <laughs> Way <laughs> more me. But it's just such a cool concept. And, uh, you know, I used um, uh, this book that um, Cobalt Press did called Jim Dragons of Favoring. Um, mm-hmm. And I used that for some of the lore behind all that. I think I'm playing him in the wrong game because uh, he's currently being played in a Waterdeep Dragon Heist game, but he really needs to be played in the um, Tyranny of Dragons storyline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, where you've got a lot of cultists running around. But, man, what a fun, fun character idea. You know, I... It's been a long while since I've had a really good character come to mind that's like, oh, I have this visual, and it's so neat and different, and there's no way I'll have character art, and I need to find an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I know that that feeling, definitely. Which Um, I know someone locally, so. So, anyway, mm -hmm. what's been going on with you, man? Well, yeah, in in addition to also being in uh, Dragons on the River of Time uh, game, which is, like we said, super fun, um, I am playing a couple other games. One is a D&D game uh, where I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I had a lot of trouble deciding what to play, but I ended up with, a, with just a, a wild elven druid, which I've never ever played a druid before and so that's a new experience for me mm-hmm. um so and that that's a tomb of annihilation game nice then yeah and uh and we just got started so we just got second level on that one so um let's see the other one is a savage worlds game uh we're playing uh next weekend actually is uh, gonna be my first time in it but um we're playing east texas university in Savage Worlds, so nice. Looking forward to that. I have I've never actually gotten to play in Savage Worlds before, and so I'm I'm looking forward to learning the system and, and all of that stuff. Yep, I've um... and I get to play a Minotaur <laughs> <laughs> because who doesn't want to play a Minotaur? So I've gotten to play Savage Worlds twice, um, same day at a convention, and that's been about 10 years ago. Um, I'd like to play it again sometime, but, uh, so one of the games was Castle Amber, uh, oh, an old okay. classic, uh, D D like basic D and D module, if I remember right. Um, yeah. which is okay, except the DM kept going, um, all the time. And it's like, yeah. Uh, you killed me, buddy. <laughs> You're a great artist. I love these character sheets, but you are killing me. The other one, though, it was Savage Dukes of Hazard. Oh. Now, I loved Dukes of Hazard growing up. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up out in the country, so I loved that country feel. I grew up listening to country music, so loved all that. So the idea... If you ever watch Dukes of Hazard, um, you know the idea is that Boss Hog makes a deal with the devil. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so you've got police cars that are like, you know, red and white chasing you. Um, uh-huh. You had Flash, uh, who is turned into a giant hellhound. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Boss Hog was turned into some sort of pig creature, and I forgot what Roscoe's uh, was, but um, it was funny because we took a break at one point um, so everyone could, you know, take a bio break and grab some snacks, and uh, I made the DM um, do the whole balladeer thing like Waylon Jennings did. <laughs> it, Neighbors? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your hats. That's going to be a bumpy ride, you know. <laughs> right, uh, right. And he did a great job. You know, this is that Fear of the Con, the first one. Um, and I, I tell you, I had such a 
fun time with that. Uh, I got to play Bo Duke, which was great because he was always my favorite, you know. Well, okay. well he's the one who gets to drive. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. He's my second favorite, to be honest. Be honest here, Daisy. She was my favorite. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, everybody loves Daisy. It's fun. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's really be honest here. My favorite was Flash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basset Hound. Yeah, I had a Basset Hound named Flash. She was named after her, so. <laughs> or him or whatever. All right. But, well, um, what's our topic tonight? Trampus. Well, um, our topic talk is about some Dragonlance stuff tonight. We are, but we're not. Oh, confused. Well, okay. So, you know, one of the things that we um, talk about quite a bit uh, in Dragonlance, you know, what it's known for is not only what it has. You know, knights and wizards with their colorful robes and uh, kinder and tinker gnomes and all that good stuff, but also what it doesn't have. The list is pretty small. Um, typically, it's drow, orcs, and lycanthropes. Um, sure. But, yeah, and we wanted to talk about them. I, I kind of want to talk about why are they not in Dragonlance? How could we put them in Dragonlance if the DM wanted to put them in? And then I'll maybe talk about some other monsters, too, that people have a misconception about um, whether they're in Dragonlance or not. Um, one thing I did want to mention first, because it's interesting, because this topic has... Uh, we've tried to record this several times. It's been postponed. Um and Rise were finally getting around to recording it. It was right after Wizards of the Coast put out their uh, statement on diversity in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm -hmm. Now, this is an article that I would encourage everyone to read, just to know where they stand on things. Um, it kind of gives an insight on where the industry is going. And I think it has some stuff that's relevant to Dragonlance. And I think we'll cover that in a future episode. Um, yeah, I think it definitely deserves a discussion. And and outside of you know the you know the the by what do you call it the, the dichotomous kind of all for it or all against it discussion that seems to be happening online a lot. So yeah, and I I do not believe in all or nothing. Um, and I will tell you why I don't believe in that. It's because of my dad. By golly, when he turned that heater on in the car, it was either all the way on or off. <laughs> right. There yes. was no middle ground. We couldn't just have a lukewarm temperature. new. No. <sighs> God bless you, Dad. <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, uh, re read the article. Um you know, it kind of talks a little bit about, uh, like, Drown Orcs in particular, um, but how they're categorized as, like, monstrous and evil, you know. And it's um, it, it's, a, it's a conversation that kind of relates to um, events going on in the uh, world now. And, mm -hmm. you know, they talk a little bit about alignment and talking a little bit about, um, you know, how maybe we shouldn't cast these humanoid races as, oh, well, these are all evil or all good. Because in your game, they could be something totally different. And, um, you know, I just want to know, uh, Trampus, I... I think what they're really getting away from is this idea that even though there's good and evil in the world, um, that a person uh, is not just by default in alignment and they're fixed into that alignment or a creature or a monster or something like that, um, that they still have the ability to decide. They might be influenced by the place that they came from or the place that they were raised. Um, 
but that they're, they're not beholden to any particular ethos, you know, once they get out in the world and start making their own decisions. And I think mm-hmm. I, for me, I've always thought D and D was that way because Dragonlance has always been that way from the very beginning where free will was a thing. And you might be in like, if you're a hobgoblin and you grow up in hobgoblin society, you're going to um, be influenced by that, you know, in your later life, but you're not beholden to it. You're not stuck there. And Dragonlance has always been that way. Um, Draconians are a prime example. Kaz the Minotaur, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. You, you brought up Kaz earlier. So, so yeah. yeah. I use any excuse to bring up Kaz, really. It's, uh, I mean, he was the true, true hero of the third Dragon true. War yeah. with the psychic Huma, um, or Huma, right. how do you say it? <laughs> right. Anyway, that is a topic, though, I want to get into at a later date. Um, if I remember, I will put a link uh, to this article in the show notes. And um, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely want to explore that a little bit more. Yep. But what about today, Trampus? What about today? Well, today, let's start with our big three. Drow, orcs, and lycanthropes. And lycanthropes. Okay. All right. All right. So, hmm, which one of those would you like to start out with? Um. Well, let's start with, with the biggest argument that uh, I've ever gotten to gotten into with fandom on in Dragonlance, and that is drow love it i love drow are there drow in dragonlance now i can point to you trampus to several published materials adventures that use the word drow so are drow in dragonlance or are they not technically no in a lot of those early um Writings was right as the world was being developed. Um, Mm -hmm. The big reason for it, as I see, is that um, is that drow. There's no underdark. You know, drow are always associated with the underdark. It seems, Um, and so you know you're. You're like, well, where do we put them, you know? And, um, you know, the term Dark Elves is reserved as well for elves who um, are cast out, you know, because they've gone evil. Right. I think that's the biggest thing is that they, in Dragonlance, that term Dark Elf was used in another place. Right. Where, Whereas if you're from... Uh, the Forgotten Realm, if you're a Forgotten Realms fan and, and player or whatever, you read the books, the term Dark Elf refers to the drow. Whereas in Dragonlance, a Dark Elf refers to someone, a High Elf, who's been kicked out of their uh, their society and and banished. So I think primarily that's why drow never showed up. Um, except for maybe one time. Really? Where would that be? Well, there's... Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking about the, the actual novels now. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, uh, Adventure Material had um, mentions of drow. DL-16 in Dergard Keep. There's a group of drow in, in a couple of the rooms in Lord Sauce Castle. Um, but in uh, there's a novel called Riverwind the Plainsman in the preludes i think it's preludes is that correct the preludes i think so riverwind the plainsman he uh encounters some subterranean elves called the hest elves um they're mentioned in that novel and really just never mentioned again in anywhere that i've seen um so if you if you want to to use those now they're not inherently evil either so um, they don't have like the matri I don't I don't actually it's been so long I don't remember how the society was set up but but it, they didn't strike me as actual like an evil society so they don't fit the you know the the common idea of drought anyway but I don't know I you you read Riverwind the Plain, Plainsman 
No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, it's it was a decent book. It, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was interesting that they had elves living under the surface that nobody had ever encountered before. So there's that. I don't know. So um, so I got something here. Um, I was just looking up. There, there's a mantra called Wild Elves. And uh, it's considered mostly non-canonical uh, by fans. Um, but I'm looking it up on Drive-Thru RPG, or DM Skilled, rather. And, um, you know, Shannon Applecline uh, has done a tremendous job writing about the histories of these modules. And he has a section there called Monsters of Note. And so, um, you know, he mentions how uh, Raceland faces a dark elf in Tess of the Twins, um, which mm-hmm. was a short, a short story in Dragon number 83, March of 1984. Uh, and there's a novel at the time, it was an adventure game book called The Soul Forge, which was the inspiration oh. for Margaret Weiss's book by the same name. Um, so that had a uh, dark skin drow in it. Um, but, and then they show up again in DL 16 world of Kren. Uh, but you know, later on, um, Weiss Hickman clarified that the dark elves of Kren were actually exiles, uh, not a race unto themselves. So drow becomes kind of a kinder tale, if you will. Um, now, in mm-hmm. Wild Elves, there's a few things that are introduced. Um, there's uh, spider dragons, because you got to have new dragons. Um, the drow are said in that module are said to be spell-jamming drow. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not from around here. Uh, it's also the introduction of Jayathuli, which was basically um, kind of Kryn's version of Lolth. Mm-hmm. But, um, you, you know, she really was kind of a demon. And we, uh, when we did Holy Orders of the Stars, um, when we did Holy Orders of the Stars, um, I think Cambry wrote her to be kind of a hybrid demon between two different types. I don't remember right off the two types, but, you know, to kind of get that same look about her sure well hey folks uh as it turns out we have um one other person who joined our crew whose name does not start with a t uh john uh the one and only raceland rocks how you doing man i'm good i'm good Uh, my name might not start with a t but wherever i go trouble follows so ah i see what you did there (laughs) Uh, yeah, I've been a had a busy day, but uh, I finally got home in, in time to to jump on the mics. Yeah, have you? It's all good, man. Yeah. So, uh, John, to catch you up, uh, we've been talking about um, Drow and uh, kind of their appearances in Dragonlance from a canonical or non-canonical standpoint and everything. Uh, I think we kind of covered that part, but maybe you can help us out in this next part because, um, it, you know, the thing is, is with uh, with Dungeon Masters and our D&D games, we have the ability to put whatever we want in our game, um, whether it's your latest anime ripoff or whatever. But um, let's say a DM wanted to put Drow into Dragonlance. I mean, there's no Underdark, you know. Where do you think we could put him? Well, it's, it's funny you ask, um, because before the pandemic, uh, my last session that we played in my Price of Courage game, uh, the characters met a drow. Really? Where did this drow come from? That's a good question. <laughs> um, so, years ago... I'm thinking Texas. On... <laughs> Most likely. No, nowhere in Texas. Uh, years ago... <laughs> Um, on the on the good old fashioned Dragonlance forums, 
um, our good friend Kindermage came up with an idea that the Sunblight cursed elves at the beginning of Key of Destiny could eventually, because of the, the magical nature of the curse, kind of rapidly evolve into drow. Uh, because the, the curse of the Sunblight, for, for those that you don't know, spoiler warning uh, for Key of Destiny, uh, the elves that you meet at the very beginning of the campaign are living in sewers underneath the town of Passion in the Desert of Kerr. Um, the place that they're living, unbeknownst to them, used to be a temple of Morgian. So Morgian, uh, since he has returned after the War of Souls, finds these elves inhabiting his temple and being the the, the kind, forgiving uh, deity that he is, uh, <laughs> he thought it'd be funny to curse the elves um, with a, a condition called sunblight. So there's their skin eventually turns very pale and it'd be, you know, it's like painful for them to be in the sun. Um, but Kindermage had the, the theory that, you know, it could, once it reaches, you know, where the skin is nearly albino, then it starts to go, you know, more towards the tones of a drow. And that's what I've done in my game is I've taken that and, and I ran with it. Um, so the whole colony uh, that was uh, of elves that was living underneath the town of passion are now turned into drow. Um, and, you know, Morgan, he's, he's not completely unfair. So, you know, he, he cursed these elves and with the curse came the gifts of the drow. So, you know, the the drow in my Dragonlance campaign have the same magical abilities that your standard, you know, Forgotten Realms or Greyhawk or, you know, wherever else uh, drow have with the the darkness, the fairy fires, you know, the uh, levitation powers. Anything that a drow would normally have, uh, they have in my campaign world. Hmm. That's pretty cool, John. Yeah, so yeah, my... I... I grabbed onto the idea the first time I saw it and I couldn't wait for my group to get to the point where, you know, the condition, the curse would have evolved and, you know, changed them into, you know, from Sylvanus the elves into drow. And the look on my fate, my players faces who all know that there are no drow on Kryn, the look on their faces when they see a drow, it was, it was pretty, pretty satisfying because like the look of shock and surprise was uh you know you, as a dm you always want to bring something new and unexpected um to to give your your players a, a wow factor and that definitely did it for those of them that that knew about the lore of you know aka no drow in Dragonlance. very cool yeah i remember when uh gary was coming up with that um and actually i helped to write an article with them about him. Um, uh, Gary named them the Morinesti. Um, you know, the M-O-R being for Morgion. Um, mm -hmm. And and I thought it was neat. He, the, you, you know how like in the um, uh, like in the Dragonlance third edition books, you know, they'll say, for example, Sylvanus the elves, comma high elves, or they might say, um, uh, Kaganes the elves slash, um, wild elves, you know, well, he called them dark watch elves. Now dark watch, if I remember right, is midnight and Kryn. And I thought that was a neat concept. Um, so yeah, Gary, if you're out there, buddy, uh, we really appreciate that. And I think it's a neat idea and a way to incorporate them that doesn't have them overrunning the setting with, you know, thousands upon thousands of trials. I mean, at most there's, what, a few dozen, maybe a couple hundred? Maybe a small town's worth, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it might be a hundred or so. Um I don't remember exactly the numbers of the, the colony that was under there, but it's, it, I, I think it was a, a great idea. Like that's one of the best, you know, fan made ideas um, that, that I've came across and, and I loved it. So I stole it liberally 
and and without regret, um, but with credit. Thank you, Gary. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was pretty cool. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, why don't we move on then? Um, next up on our list is orcs. Uh, and remember, if you're a Spelljammer fan, orcs spelled backwards is screw. <laughs> it is indeed. There are like two people in our audience who got that. So for you two guys out there, you're the best. So orcs, why would we have orcs in uh, at Dragonlance? I mean, they've been the cannon fodder of many, many... Uh, D&D worlds, you know, highly inspired by um, Lord of the Rings. Why don't we have orcs? I'm going to say something a little bit that it could be controversial. I don't know if it is or not. Um, but I'm going to argue that we, in fact, do have orcs in Dragonlance. And although we got them late, late in the setting. Uh, and I'm going to say that they are, we call them tarmacs. Oh, that's interesting. That the brutes are a more like physically they don't they don't really resemble what we think you know classical D and D orcs, but the tarmacs are um, more of a fey, have a fey kind of mixed human fey uh, features about them. Uh, but I think as far as their civilization goes and the way they're portrayed in the novels, um, they would work really well as an orc replacement uh, or an, an orc parallel, I suppose, in Dragonlance. That's that's my two cents on it. Um, what do you guys think about that, using Tarmac instead of orcs? I actually, um, one of the players in my group uh, was playing, he wanted to play a Tarmac. So uh, this was when 5th edition first came out. So I did use the half-orc stat block for him. Um, oh, okay. since then the Morden Cannon's Tome of Foes has come out with, you know, the, the Orc Orc. Um, mm-hmm. but that player unfortunately has dropped out of the game since then, so we haven't really been able to update his character. Uh, but I definitely thought, and I think it might have been, you know, a conversation that I had heard from Tim, uh, about how similar they were, and, and I believe that that's why I went that way because, uh, the, the Half Orc and the Tarmac are very very close thematically is as far as their game stats and stuff right that's that's kind of where, where i was thinking too um yeah in fact if somebody wanted yeah i would have done exactly what you did and just said well just use the half work traits yeah be fine yeah see now i've used um or i had one time i was running a one shot um and I had a player who's like, yeah, I'm going to play a half-orc. And I'm like, well, orcs don't exist in this world. And I'm like, he could be a half-ogre. Sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, bam, no problem. Yeah, so to kind of jump back half, half a step, the reason we don't have orcs in Kryn is because, you know, orcs have traditionally been that, you know, bad guy soldier race, you know, savages. And... um in Kryn, they decided to replace them with Draconians. So they mm-hmm. became the, um, you know, elite monstrous uh, bad guys in Dragonlance. Um, now, there are a few times that orcs have appeared, and unfortunately one of those happens to be in the Dragonlance campaign setting. Grr. But <laughs> um, a lot of those are considered to be... Um, you know, just like a historian mistyped something or a kinder tale. Um, so we we don't really have technically orcs on Kryn. But see, I like that idea of reskinning. And that's something 5th edition is all about, is reskinning. Um, and so I don't think you have to lose out on that half orc um, uh, flavor. Flavor, you know. Something else to consider, and and I kind of want to talk about this in terms of the drow as well, is, yeah, these are unknown on Ancelon. 
there are other continents out there. Now, we know officially of um, Talados. Uh, we know of, yeah, I'm going to butcher this, is it Ithankaria? Something like that. The, Something recently, yeah. The big island of the, of the Brutes, you know, um, or as I like to call it, Australia. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, um, there are other lands out there, and from fandom, we have Adlatum. Um, it might be that, yeah, maybe orcs and drow don't fit in Ancelon, uh, but maybe they fit better in another continent, you know, another version of Kryn. So drow, for example, might be really great being in the jungles of Talados. Sure. You know, and, and look yeah. to look to Eberron, how they handle some of these races too. You know, just, you know, the, the drow, if I remember right, and I could be getting this wrong, sorry, Keith Baker, but, um, you know, I think they're more jungle-like. They come from the continent of Zendrick and Eberron. And instead of worshiping uh, or, you know, having a big spider theme, they go for another arachnid, which is scorpions. So consider taking these themes of these races and giving them a Dragonlance twist. Yeah. Totally agree. <clears throat> um, I played in a and d campaign in 3rd edition that when we started, um, the DM, you know, who who's also a huge Dragonlance fan, his name's Dave, um, Dave's like, you know, this is just going to be a, you know, a kind of a generic setting. So, you know, because I knew that he liked Dragonlance, so I was kind of expecting Dragonlance. But he's like, no, there's, you know, you're, you're going to be fighting orcs. And this was right after Lord of the Rings had came out. So he had created, like, Urukai and, you know, all these, you know, really cool kind of mashups between some things. And when we hit, you know, in our, our teens of levels, like, we are you know, probably 15, 14th level, we went through, you know, this tunnel system deep underground and came out, it, you know, it was a different pantheon of gods and everything. When we came out, we were in Ancelon. And basically what had happened was that this, there was a hidden continent that had these false gods, um, you know, granting granting power but it was hidden from the mages hidden from the priests nobody knew this continent existed and from these these tunnels that we came through an orc invasion army came through behind us so like orcs invaded Ancelon um, because we kind of you know opened the path for them I guess um, I don't remember the exact details it was long long ago um, but yeah, it was, it was cool because we didn't realize we were on Krim, but he had created this other continent and, you know, it, it was on Krim. We just didn't know it until, you know, halfway through the campaign. We ended up playing that game to 31st level. Um, good Lord. Back in third edition. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good one. It was, uh, the most epic campaign I've ever been in the most highest level I've ever had a character. Um, I was real original. Um, <clears throat> I, I was the son of a, my one of my first characters, who was a, a fighter named Aragorn. Uh, <laughs> I was super original like that when you're a, a teenager. Uh, but this, this this character was a a wizard named Siragorn, um, who achieved I think thirty first level. Uh, but yeah, there's other continents that aren't known. To, that's not on Kren, um that your DM wants to bring in, or you as a DM you want to bring it in. Bring it in. Say they're, you know, from a, a far-off exotic land, and they've made their way to Ancelon or Talados or wherever you're playing your game. You're, you're the man. You do what you want. Well, John, yeah, that, that works really well for, for orcs and, and for even drow, I suppose. But what about, what's the third one, uh, Trampus, that we were supposed to talk about tonight? Lycanthropes, you know, like 
ropes. Like your uh, werewolves, were-tigers, were-badgers, and were-foxes. Were-foxes yeah. rule the world. No slip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, the, the thing that makes lycanthropes difficult is that lycanthropes traditionally are ruled by the phases of the moon, and the moons play a very prominent role in Dragonlance, but there are three of them. And so, um, I don't know, have you ever found a place for lycanthropy in, in Dragonlance, either of you? There's a short story about a white robe who kind of turns into a lycanthrope. Right. Um, that... But they um, kind of changed a few things, so it's not true lycanthropy. Right. And I remember uh, there's a novel about Kitiara called, called Dark Heart, I think, is the one that mm -hmm. has a guy who can shape change into a panther. He's not actually a like a were-panther, I don't think. But um, anyway, there it, it laid the foundation for some uh, island somewhere where the people on that island can change into uh, big cats, apparently. So, I've I've personally never done it, but if I did, I would have, you know, whatever that creature's alignment be is tied to whatever moon. So if it's a chaotic evil werewolf, then his changes go along with Nuatari. If it's a you know a chaotic good um, were tiger then his changes would go about with Solinari and, and so forth. Ooh, um, he'd be a white tiger. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I know my next character. <laughs> That's I've never done it. I've never had a Lycanthrope in a Dragonlance game, but if I wanted to do it, that's that's the way I would do it myself, personally. Yeah, the, the only problem with that that I see is that you know, okay, yeah, they they transform with the moon that matches their alignment. Okay, what if they're just not magical creatures? They, it doesn't thematically make sense to me. Why would the moons bestow this curse? Well, isn't because it's a curse? Wouldn't it be magical in its nature? Possibly. And therefore governed by the moons? I don't know. I mean... It it would also that you would get uh, some problems with lore because you know curses come from the gods, but not necessarily the gods of magic all the time. So it, you I know think... if, if uh, uh, who knows Morgion, for instance, got a pestilence, he curses someone and turns them into a werewolf. And so why would the why would Nuatari control uh, that particular character's fate? Also, because the cycles of the three moons, <laughs> don't, I, they're, they're not the same. So, like, um, when New Atari is full, it's going to happen far more often than when Solinary is full. Correct? Right. But it's going to be over with a lot quicker, too, whereas Solinary's right. effect would last for a lot longer. You know, so there, there is the balancing. Yeah, a werewolf is going to be, he's going to lose control more often, but for a very amount, you know, a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. That's, never... that's the only really way that I, I had come up with it in my brain. And part of the reason that I never went through with actually using it was because, you know, it didn't really make complete sense. So I, I just never bothered with it. Yeah. It's, so I it's think... difficult. Go ahead, Trampus. I'm sorry. I think there's a couple things I would do. First of all, lycanthrope characters, I don't think they're, like, very common at all, you know. And typically, they would be a bad guy, but maybe a hero. Um, but I think that's, like, one of those one-in-a-million characters. Um, I think the other yeah. thing I would look at, too, is define a different trigger than the moons, because that's what the moons are to lycanthropes. They're a trigger. They say, mm -hmm. okay, during this time, you transform. 
Um, you could easily say, well, you know, I, I carry this crystal with me and I can't, it's on a necklace and I can't take it off. And every, um, you know, every month um, I transform, you know, I, I'm cursed to carry this crystal with me. And so that way you take the moons totally out of the equation. So if you got a, you know, a, a, a werewolf who carries a sword for whatever reason, because that's how he rolls, you know, it, it works out a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just, just have it be, you know, every 27 days this happens, you know, you don't have to have necessarily have it tied to anything. Um, that's, the, the joys of what you're discussing earlier with reskinning, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to even be anything that triggers it. It's just a timed effect. Okay, so I, I think that really kind of cuts it uh, for that. But, you know, there's some other monsters that you think about and you're like, well, this isn't really Dragonlancey. And, you know, sometimes we get questions um, on the Facebook group or in the old forums about, well, you know, uh how do we include this in Kren, you know, or why isn't this in Kren when something actually is? Uh, the, the most notorious of which, in my mind, is vampires, because um, people always say, well, how come there's no vampires in Kren? And, you know, I'm like, well... well to those people, <laughs> they've never seen the vampire Krill. Right. That's what the card name said. <laughs> Man, that's vampire the only Krill. place that ever showed up. <laughs> Now, I, they talk about them some in uh, in one of the books in the Tales of the Lance box set as well. Uh, I, I think his r real name is Krill uh, Shadestalker, which isn't a bad name. Right. He was born yeah. to be a vampire. How did they not see that guy? Right. Well, he legally they changed his name. You know, he, he went to the government office. He's like, yes, I'm a vampire right. now. Blue, blue. Okay, you can change your name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Put a petition into the uh, Church of Shinair, the Holy Order of Shinair. Shinair? <laughs> um, there, there is um, a more recent uh, vampire that has appeared in Dragonlance lore, um, but it's it's in a module. It's in Age of uh, the, the Age of Mortals campaign in Price mm -hmm. of Courage. Um, the Bishop of Kamosh is a... Long, long title here. He is an ogre mage, vampire, death domain cleric of Kamosh. Bless you, rock. Huh? <laughs> and statting him him up in fifth edition was awesome. I bet. I bet <laughs> see that. that needs to go up on the <laughs> on the nexus. I think. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do. I, I need to get to posting the stats that I write up for my game. I need to post them on there in case other people are running it in fifth edition. They can steal my stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's just one example. You know, of course, I remember um, when the uh, DM screen came out for third edition Dragonlance. Um, you know, one of the monsters in there was a uh, Beholder. Well, it turned out his tail. Um, I'm going to goof this up because it's been too long since I've looked at, but he was basically a black robe who, uh, got transformed. And so rather than being a whole race of beholders, um, he was a transformed wizard and he became one of a kind. And sure, I... that is a great way to just, uh, reskin some lore. Um, and, to incorporate some of these monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Third, third edition was really good about, you know, just slapping templates onto things and, and making it easy, um, you know, to, you know, you got this, well, you throw a vampire template on there and now it's a vampire. Um, there was another one actually in uh, Price of Courage. Um, I believe it was a, it was a, it was a giant, um, I think it might have been a storm giant or a cloud giant vampire um, that was in the Foghaven Vale. Oh. So, 
Oh, that's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, interesting, uh, interesting in- adventure location uh, in that book. Yeah, really. Um, so the, I think there, uh, I think Trampus, you guys, you guys are hitting it right on the head. Uh, as far as I, there is literally nothing out there that can't also be in Dragonlance, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> even things like the Asimar or Genasi, right? It doesn't mean that there are a lot of them or that you'll ever encounter another one of your kind if you're playing an Asimar character. It just means that a unique set of circumstances occurred and here you are, right? Yeah. Um, Whether planar travel or, you know, whatever. He wanted to play a a Typhling, um, and I call them Typhlings to the day I die. Um, Not these silly Tieflings. Um, He wanted to play a Typhling. And he was joining my game as they were getting ready to go to uh, the ruins of Hiram in um, the Key of Destiny. So the story behind Hiram was, you know, there was this uh, cleric of Paladine um, that stopped the betrayer, uh, who was a, a cleric that had turned to Kamosh. And, you know, the, the cleric of Paladine killed the betrayer, but right as he did so, he the betrayer was summoning a demon. So I said that the energies between the summoning of the demon and the death of the cleric of Paladine, those energies clashed because the guy wanted to play a, a tiefling white robe wizard. He wanted to be a good wizard. So those energies clashed and created a being that sat in, you know, over centuries developed kind of in the, the astral plane area. Um, and it just so happened when the players entered the, you know, the domain of Hiram that the character was born, quote unquote, as he burst out of the ground outside of the temple. So, I mean, literally, if you want to play anything like, like, you know, like Tim just said, if you want to play it, if you want to have it in your game, there's nothing stopping you. Unless you just got a mean DM, in which case, get rid of him. (laughs) You know, you know, I'll tell you another example too. Um, so some of the uh, races of um, Eberron have been quite popular and have made their way into other worlds, at least a little bit with the end of 3rd edition and with 4th edition. Um, I think that with 5th edition, they kind of brought them back into Eberron more so. Uh, but none are more popular than the Warforged. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. well, how do I include Warforged? There are two ways. I you, just, s- you just do it, Trampus. You just include them. there's two ways i could see it you know way number one is your warforged character is a -a one-of-a-kind character created by a tinker gnome blessed by reorks and imbued with life beautiful gotta love that the other one this is a little more controversial but it could be fun to mess with your players is run the war of the lance but replace draconians with warforged ew and then draconian that's that's heresy (laughs) oh yeah it's total heresy you know but if you really want to have fun there's a would not approve Okay. Yeah, you you want to see an angry Weldon? That's how you do that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, okay, so let me uh, take it a step further then. There's a uh, uh, product on DM skill, Morgrave Miscellany, that introduces the concept of dragon forged. So, what if they're warforged, but they look more draconic? Does that change anything? Um, I mean, if you don't care about the the lore of you know the War of the Lance and Gilthanis and Silvara's discovery of the Draconian, the way they're created, um, I guess they instead could find out how the Dragon Forged are being created instead. Um, but you'd have to then tie into you know another reason why the good dragons have been absent if it wasn't for 
the the you know dragons of Takesis holding on to their eggs uh, that they're using for this ritual. Right. Unless the good and dragon eggs were used. To that second one. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. I would stick with the Tinker Gnome story. It seems right. very simple, and, straightforward. And it goes, to sh- it goes to show that, you know, that there can be all sorts of ways that you can incorporate some of these things, but do think about the lore and think about what the repercussions are. Right, because you might think it's, you know, a minor change, but if you've got a player that knows the backstory of, of a lot of things, then, you know, you might not have considered, you know, like I said, Gilthanis and Silvara's mission to find how draconians were made, then you got a player that's like, well, what about that? And you got to come up with something on the fly. So mm-hmm. always try to have, you know, uh, an idea of everything that encompasses, um, you know, as much as you can forward think. Uh, whatever plan you have. Yeah. You, you want to definitely ground it in the setting, whatever you decide. So, um, right. Exactly. Whatever you want to do, just make sure, just give it that, you know, a good coating of Dragonlance, a good Dragonlance sheen and, uh, and run with it. My favorite sheen. Yeah. (laughs) As opposed to Martin and Charlie. Very much so. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it can be challenging at times. It can be fun, you know. I mean, I could take a changeling and say, "Well, how's that going to work?" And then say, "Oh, Erda shapeshifters, duh." Am maybe make totally a shape. Yeah, make a few tweaks. You got it, you know. Um, and you might have some that are a little more problematic, like shifters. Um, they're descended from lycanthropes, so anything we've said with lycanthropes kind of applies to them as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just started a new Dragonlance campaign, actually. Um, I'm running Tyranny of Dragons uh, set in Dragonlance, and I was kind of hoping that you know somebody would have wanted to play one of the, uh, the I don't know how you say it, the Leonines? The Leonines? Oh, the Leonines, yeah. I love because those guys. those are... Those just look cool to me. Like oh, that yeah. would be, I think that that would be an an epic Dragonlance, you know, race and, and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they just look cool, you know. And yeah. the, that's the that a lot of times that's the biggest part of you know what. Why do I want to play this character? Because they look cool. <laughs> well, you know when um, when the uh, Royoto project was going on, you know which which was a way of incorporating Oriental Adventures, uh, you know, the third edition book, into uh, Kryn, you know, with this uh, chain of islands. Um, one of the planned races for that was, um, I think they were just going to go with Rakasta, which is a name from Mistara, not to be confused with Rakshasa, uh, but okay. basically catfolk, you know, tabaxi in the realms, Leonin, in uh, Theros, or whatever you want them to be. Um, but, you know, the idea of these uh, samurai-like tigers, um, that's kind of appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, yeah that's, that's totally one of those ways where you could take a race and say, yeah, I want to Dragonlance it, but maybe Ancelon's not the best place for it so you know let let's try uh Adlatum. let's try talados you know or i can make up my own continent or an island yeah. it doesn't have to be a continent right you, you can or you could have came into some sort of magical experiment and got transported to the world from Theros, or from Forgotten Realms, or you know wherever you can be completely alien to Dragonlance. Yeah, totally. You know, they're all magical worlds. You can storytelling wise, you can get anywhere you want to be. Right. You know, a blessing of a god. You know, for the Leonin, um, for example. Oh, oh um, yeah. You know, you could have an aspect of Paladine say, "Well, you know, you have." the uh, heart of a lion. So now your appearance shall match your heart and you will be what you're meant to be. Boom. 
Yeah, I like that. Damn, now I want to play that character too. <laughs> I totally love that. I love that. Yeah, I I I really am a fan of of playing, you know, unique characters, you know, and you know, you like we've been talking about, you can pull from the breadth of 5th edition material to include in your Dragonlance games and it it really just it does it doesn't need to take a lot of work but um you know anything can be made to fit uh even if right. like you said trampus you're a completely unique uh warforged you know made by a tinker gnome or something mm-hmm. you know, that's perfectly fine you can you can make a story for just literally everything so yeah yeah you know and it doesn't have to be a, an official fifth edition product you know there's a lot of third party stuff out there that has really good stuff there's stuff on the dm's guild um you know that's unofficial but they have you know new classes and and races and everything so you know look oh, around yeah, yeah stuff from prior editions heck you know i i'd like to someday kind of go into um a similar discussion on classes you know, because, I mean, as we all know, I'm a big Psionics fan, and people are like, oh, there's no Psionics in Dragonlance. You know, well, wrong. But because um, <clears throat> we've had plenty of examples of it. Uh, but, and that's kind of a throwback to second edition anyway. But, you know, it's one of those things. You you reskin it. You shape it and flavor it and um, give it that Dragonlance feel, you know? Yeah, anything is possible. Well, have we beaten this topic to death? I I think we can, you know, kind of like that uh, centaur over there. Uh, beating oh, a horse. Oh, anyway. <clears throat> <clears throat> Is that a Darkenwood centaur? <laughs> the forest master might not like that. And no, you, you don't mess with the forest master. She's a nice lady, you know. She'd make a great warlock patron. <laughs> that, that's true. Somewhere you know, before. we we should have an episode where we talk about warlocks and their place in Dragonlance. Um, yeah, about that. <laughs> we had that already. Did you not get the invite? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's a good episode. You all ought to check it out. So. All right. It was it was a really fun one. Well, anyway, folks, I, I think you all kind of get the idea of where we're going. And uh, we, we want to hear about what you've done. We want to hear about um, uh, some ways that you've reskinned things or taken something that hasn't really belonged, quote unquote, in Dragonlance. But you've found a way to say, hey, here's how I did it. And here's how I made it Dragonlancey, which is a word. Uh, so stop on by the Dragonlance Adventures uh, Facebook group, you know, or if you um, if you see us on the uh, old Dragonlance forums, you know, stop by there as well and just let us know what you've been up to. And, hey, keep watching on Twitch. We're going to be um, going on with another uh, episode shortly, um, so stay tuned. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at DL Nexus. Um, and on our Twitch channel, uh, for those that saw the initial uh, invite to twitch.tv slash Dragonlance, the actual channel is twitch.tv slash Dragonlance Nexus. So there was yeah. some confusion, and I had some people that couldn't find what we were doing because the link I sent them originally was the wrong link. So... Um, and I think yeah. we can all agree that we can blame Ed because he is not here to defend himself. Very mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> all right. Well, we folks. know whose character is dying uh, next session. Yeah. Yeah. So much to my uh, to my character MacGuffin. I- I'm changing his <laughs> accent, by the way. I I can't do a Scottish accent all game. 
All right. All right, folks. Well, that's all for now. Uh, for the Dragonlands Nexus, I am Trampus Whiteman. I'm Tim Shiflett. And I'm the latecomer, John Ryan. It's good to be here tonight. <laughs> so grab your hoop packs and step through the Nexus. The portal to adventure awaits. Mm-hmm.